We're back here on the KNC Masterpiece on 105.3 The Fan, and it is time for one of our old staples that we've been doing for quite some time now. It is My Buddy's an Idiot. If you have a friend or just somebody you know that you work with maybe that has a terrible sports or pop culture opinion, text it in right now, 877-881-1053. And it could be anything. You know how this segment started, Mike? My friend argued with me that Washington, the Washington football team, played Commanders, yeah. in the state of Washington. And that, that would be a really long drive. And I was like, no, they're in D.C. And that's how this segment whole, uh, all started is he had a bad opinion, and he's an idiot. And he's not always an idiot, but that one night, definite idiot, 877 877- 881-1053, the truckwreck.com text line. Okay. From the 214, my buddy's an idiot for still defending Dak. That's a tough word. Because um, you you have an opinion on Dave I Hellman right now, right? Where he he's, Dave's wearing it on his show. Uh, I forget the names. Speak? He's speak? Nope. Something? What is it? I'm looking, hold on, give me a second. Just, I just speak or something? Or, yeah, I something like that. But I just um, saw a big video of it. Okay, so watching some of the clips that I see online and stuff, he's wearing it from Acho and from uh, LaShawn McCoy, and I'm sorry, I forget the woman's name on the show. But Joy Taylor. Yeah. Speak, so, yeah. So he has to wear it. There's nothing he can do because, in a way, Acho made a great point back to Dave Hellman. Dave Hellman said this. I think if you're a Dak fan, I think this is what you're saying. Let's just say. You say, well, guess what? You can win a Super Bowl with Dak because let's just look at recent history. Let's look at Eli Manning winning too because this is what Hellman said. He said, and also, let's look at other areas where teams have won. Joe Flacco won a Super Bowl. Obviously, Nick Foles for Philadelphia as a backup quarterback won. And Acho responded, and he must have known where he was going with this because those guys in their playoff runs through like, 11 touchdowns and one interception or six touchdowns and one interception or eight touchdowns and no interceptions for their playoff run. So it's like, yes, Acho's like Dak's better than those three guys you just named that have four Super Bowl championships. Your problem is, is those guys went on runs that Dak's never been able to go on in his playoff history. He makes mistakes in the playoffs. And for some reason, Joe Flacco in one playoff run made no mistakes. And Eli Manning, in two playoff runs, made very few mistakes. And somehow, Nick Foles took over for Carson Wentz and didn't make any playoff mistakes. Dak always makes mistakes. Romo always makes mistakes. They don't play better than the regular season. They end up playing worse than in the regular season. And until 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 Dak Prescott can play better than the regular season and go on a Joe Flacco run, which is possible, he is better than him, He is better than Eli Manning. I agree with David Hellman. His issue and problem factually is Dak has never played better than Eli Manning in the playoffs through a run. He's never played better than that one Joe Flacco. How in the crap did he do that run? He's never been able to come close to that. So I don't think if you're protecting Dak, you're an idiot because he is a good quarterback. Yes. He's just not good enough. And that's the tough part of it. You are in purgatory if you understand what that means, in between heaven and hell, because he's not Mahomes. He's not Burrow. He's not any of those guys in your prime, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. He's that Philip Rivers. He's Tony Romo. He's Dak Prescott. And you're like, dang it, 
he's good. He's just not good enough. And fun to root for. Like, there are a lot of things that yeah. you, you can't not like and him Matthew for a lot Stafford of things. just won a championship. Yeah. Being in that category, the thing that the Rams did is they sold completely out. And they are going to probably be paying for this tremendously for two or three years with a horrible cap and no draft picks. Man, that's so. But they won. That is so valid about the like the when you bring up the the Trent Dilfers of the world and those guys that don't you know they weren't great, but they somehow were able to win the Super Bowl. I mean, a lot of them they did really good things of of managing their team well and being really good. Like Joe Flacco's numbers, one of the greatest runs ever. And you're right, with Eli Manning, maybe not a Hall of Famer in your eyes as his stats in the regular season. But whenever it came, whenever they had an opportunity to make a run, he was zombie-like, yeah. dude. He was one of those guys that you were just like, how do you get rid of him? And then he makes a big throw late, and you're like, dang, because his defense kept him in games too. Like, this defense kept him in games, and then you get that opportunity to make that. Now, that being said, I know Bobby Belt's really, you know, battling back and forth with Sean in the mornings right. too, trying to, you know, get, hey, look, you know, Dak can still these do these things. And the Cowboys aren't giving up on that. That's one thing that when we make these decisions on what the offense should look like and what they should do, it's all based on you can't just move on from the quarterback right now. Let's look at the factual history of Jerry Jones. He's had three what you'd consider good to great quarterbacks. His first one was Troy Aikman. LeVar Arrington ended his career, and he never played another game after that. He had back issues, and then he also had a little bit of head issue. And so that was it. So then Jerry Jones is like, you physically can't play this position anymore. Then they go through a whole bunch of bad quarterbacks or average quarterbacks, and they get Tony Romo. Tony Romo would still be the quarterback today if he could touch his toes, but he couldn't. Yeah. He physically, his back could not physically play football anymore. In his, like, last five games, he got taken out of that game like four out of five times because physically they ended his game because he couldn't physically take NFL hits anymore. So it wasn't that he actually really made a change from Romo. He actually was like, you physically can't do this anymore. Tony Romo never played another down of NFL football in his life. Dak is going to be the Cowboys quarterback until physically he can't be the quarterback anymore. They're not going to make a change because he's only going 12 and 5 and not making the conference championship or only going 10 and 7 next year and losing in the wild card round if that's that happens. If Dak goes 6 and 11 next year, you know who's going to be the quarterback as long as he didn't get hurt? Mm. Dak Prescott's going to be the quarterback. So I'm going to extremes. Dak is your quarterback until he physically can't play. Jerry's been doing this for 30 years and more, 33 years, I guess. He's not changing quarterbacks when he thinks he has a guy until they physically can't do it. And that's my bet with Gavin Dawson. I'm betting at the start of 2026. That's a long bet right there. I know, it's a long bet. It's only 100 bucks. <laughs> is I'm betting Dak is still the quarterback in 2023, in 2024, in 2025, and 2026. The only way he isn't, and Jerry has proven this in his life, is if the guy can physically not go out there and quarterback anymore. Uh, 877-881-1053 if you think your buddy is an idiot for any opinion out there. Are the Cincinnati players idiots or Kansas City Chiefs idiots for getting upset about this? Let's go to cut one here, uh, Joey. The Cincinnati players as they get ready to face Kansas City. We'll see y'all in Burrowhead. 
That oh, is like Arrowhead. And this is uh, Travis Kelsey on his podcast with his brother talking to Jason about what was said. Getting everybody fired up. We are the loudest stadium in the world on record. 42, yeah. 142 decibels. Did you guys break the record this week? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe uh, we're going to have to break it this week because uh, a lot of Cincinnati Bengals fans are calling it Burrowhead instead of Burrowhead. Arrowhead. Whoa. Yeah. No, the that disrespect to Arrowhead they're, they're, continues. They're throwing, they're, throwing, they're throwing a lot of bullets and board material out there, man. They are calling it Burrowhead. Who's the idiot here, Mike? Is it uh, the players from Cincinnati for starting it and going along with it like the like that and kind of poking the Kansas City Bear? Or, I mean – the Bengals have the edge. They had the advantage on the Kansas City Chiefs at least three times now with Joe Burrow. Maybe the maybe the Bengals are actually the bear in this situation. I I get it. I get players use everything they can for extra motivation. I think trying to get to the Super Bowl, they're going to all be fired up. A dude is going to play on an ankle that needs four weeks to heal. Patrick Mahomes has enough adrenaline and enough whatever's yeah, going on this week because it is the opportunity to become a legend. And he's going to try it, and he's going to play. So I get it. I get what he's saying. But I don't think the Bengals are going to come in and go, gosh, why did we lose? Because we said it's Burrowhead. All right, the ba- I don't think they're going to do that. Just like, have we discussed it all this week? Think about this. All last week, what were we discussing Leading up to the game. That. It's not fair. Well, we discussed him, too. Oh, they we had to play somewhere else, yeah. Right. Well, they went from Tampa on Monday night, and then they had to practice in Dallas for a few days. Then they had to travel all the way to the West Coast and play in the the now West, the Pacific time zone. And it, that all went away. We didn't talk about that Monday. We didn't talk about it Tuesday. We didn't talk about it Wednesday, and we're not talking about it today. They lost. So, all of a sudden... All of those things we talk about, fair, unfair, time change, Monday night football, it all went away. We just say, here's how they played, and here's why they won, or here's why they lost. Yeah, well, when if Cincinnati wins, do you think that they can officially call it Burrowhead at that point, though? I think they— I know Mahomes is your favorite guy. In Cincinnati, they can. Uh-huh. <laughs> because you would be 4-0 and against what everybody believes is the best quarterback in the NFL. And so if if Joe Burrow goes 4-0 and against Patrick Mahomes, whether he plays or not plays or how he plays yeah. or doesn't play, you start going, this is the whole, in a weird way, it's different because Burrow's the number one pick and Mahomes is also, I think, the ninth overall pick or tenth overall pick. I can't remember the exact number. But both first-round picks, one being number one overall. It goes to during the prime of Peyton Manning, we all thought Peyton Manning was better than Tom Brady. Agreed. Like from 2001 to 2015, yeah. for the most part, almost every year, we'd say, yeah, Peyton I'll take Manning's Peyton, better. Ma- Peyton Manning He's first, a little bit yeah. better. But what happens? Tom Brady wins in the end, and so Tom Brady becomes the greatest quarterback of all time. If Burrow keeps doing this, if they have a 10- or 15-year history and Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs – wins two times against Joe Burrow, and Joe Burrow wins seven times against Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow becomes the greatest quarterback of this generation. Yeah, no, I think you got that's a really interesting point right there, Mike. I really like that one a lot because, man, and then would Zach Taylor, in essence, become the Belichickian type guy where you're like, this guy can coach his, his, his and I almost said something else. Well, I'll tell you this, this be, that being said, <laughs> listening to the G-Bag Nation, 
I didn't know how cheap Cincinnati is yeah, and they could are. possibly be. And it will be interesting once they have to pay Joe Burrow. Probably by the time he hits it, will probably be fifty million a year. Yep. So once they pay Burrow fifty million a year, and the Brown family doesn't have much money besides the money that comes in through their NFL ownership, will they be able to do all the things they need to give Burrow the chance? that most organizations give yeah uh, especially with the weapons they have right now and i guess that goes to what billy uh to what brandon bean said not billy bean brandon bean the uh and we talked a little bit about this yesterday he said this on uh, about cincinnati and having a jamar chase player no they have a good team i mean um they right now are on the advantage of a rookie quarterback contract and you know they had some lean years and without getting too much into their build and you know I don't want to I don't want to suck bad enough to have to get Jamar Chase like he's a heck of a talent I'd love to have him but you gotta you gotta go through some lean years to do to do that and you know they you know they were able to get Burrow one and I don't remember where Chase was drafted but it was pretty high like and those guys are on their rookie deals we're paying Stefan Diggs pretty hefty number we're paying Josh Allen a pretty hefty number so there is the constraints of the cap um, but they have a they have a really good team and they got some good young players now Mike I did this started the whole Micah Parsons this this then uh brings up also oh hold on what did y'all do with your team whenever you had this opportunity 2018 you have six wins and you're in position to get a wide receiver Instead of getting either Mike, A.J. Brown, McCole Hardman, D.K. Metcalf, Deontay Johnson, or Terry McLaurin, they decided we're going to draft Ed Oliver with our pick. Which, I mean, like at the time, I wanted Ed Oliver over most players in that draft. But you were in position to do that, so and you stunk that bad that you had the opportunity to do it. But they have Diggs and they have, they have Allen. They have other opportunities they could have gone out and traded for and added a player. Here they are, though, with Gabriel Davis, a flashy but inconsistent player. I think that he's got the, you know, uh, he can be a boom guy. Uh, but, the, you know, I I just, I don't think he's an idiot for saying that. But he did have that opportunity to add another type of dynamic receiver to a big-time offense, what could potentially be a big-time offense, and he made a different decision in the time. Uh, then somebody did text in moments ago, he isn't my buddy from the 903. But Mark Cuban is an idiot for wasting Luca's career. It looks like it. I, I wish it was different. I wish Mark Cuban had the pockets to support this franchise the way it needs to be supported now, the way the Milwaukee Bucks are supporting Giannis. But he seems to want to not pay a luxury tax. He is, I'll, I'll say, a really bad evaluator of watching NBA players play and knowing who's good and who's not good. That being said, I know, hey, was it Donnie? I don't know, man. I think Donnie got overruled a lot. I don't know who gave Tim Hardaway Jr. that contract. But we're in deep doo-doo right now. As Sam Amico just did an article for the Cleveland Cavs as they're trying to get a wing shooter. And they are like, you know what? We can take Tim Hardaway Jr. But you're like, he's on a pathetic contract. Literally, this is Mark Cuban. Hey, how are we getting Tim Hardaway Jr. from the New York Knicks? Well, he got thrown in because he's on such a horrible contract that they made us take him because getting Porzingis. And then what did they do two years later when he became a free agent? They said, that was such a bad contract. We want to give it to you again. We want to give you the same one. I mean, one. 
because he played high up to his level on when a contract season, yeah. Mike. And when, really, he got hot, right? When yeah. Joey Gallo gets hot, I always go back to this, nothing against you, Corey, but really, you're like, dang it. And I know you're mad about him going to yeah. the Yankees, but yes. he was also hot. Yes, he, he was. was hot at the time. Tim Hardaway Jr. is not a good shooter. He's not. His shot looks nice. He's a streaky shooter. He's like Joey Gallo in the 40 home run seasons. You're going to get 40 home runs when Joey Gallo has a good year. You're just going to have to deal with 200-plus strikeouts and a batting average of about 185. Tim Hardaway Jr. is a bad shooter because he's streaky, so that doesn't make him good. And the freaking Mavericks are like, no, 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 we don't want DeMar DeRozan. We don't want Zach Levine. We don't want all of these guys. Tim Hardaway Jr., the dude who's never figured out how to be a consistent shooter, is our guy. That's an idiot. Uh, coming up next, speaking of idiots, is it idiot, uh, idiotic to suggest that the Cowboys should do this with their quarterback next on the fan? Back here on the KNC Masterpiece on 105.3 The Fan. Don't forget tonight, right downstairs from where we are, Rangers Hot Stove Show from 7 to 8 in our performance showroom. Jared Sandler and the Get Right are going to be there. And it's completely free. You get to hang out with Rangers pitchers, Taylor Hearn, Brock Burke. No sign up. Just make plans. Just stop in at the radio station tonight and uh, get your picture. Meet Brock Purdy. Or not Brock Purdy. Brock Burke. Right here on the fan. You can meet Brock Purdy's dad, possibly. No, I can't. No. You don't think Brian will be there? My last name's not the same. I can't be that guy. Uh, No, I'm not saying meet you. Oh, you can meet meet his dad. Brian Purdy shows up. There's a possibility then maybe you can ask him questions. Yeah. So what was it like? Did you know he could throw like at, at birth? There are lots of questions to ask. And did were you a great quarterback? That's the one question, Mike, that we never really have gotten into. Um, we were talking a little bit about my buddy's an idiot, and I wanted to know if this is an idiotic feel. This is a uh, from Yard Barker. Reasons why the Cowboys should seriously consider trading Dak Prescott. And, and okay, Mike, like you, and this is, that's how I felt when you said Tyron Smith uh, a couple of years ago, there's no way the Cowboys are going to do that. Yeah. But I felt the same way as you that I I was like, no, that makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. It's just the Cowboys don't do these right. things. That's a lot of work. That's a lot of effort to get somebody else out there to swing a deal with you. The Cowboys process, they want people to come to them with things they want people to walk to them have their hats in hand and say hey can you please do this for us they don't love the idea of going out there and trying to work a real deal and that's why like whenever you hear something like this you say yeah right all right so here are some things to consider do you think this is dumb or not the nfl free agent and trade market for quarterbacks has never been better you got the tom brady you got veterans like tom brady jimmy garoppolo geno smith daniel jones could all be available in free agency. You have Aaron Rodgers, Derek Carr, Lamar Jackson. They could also be on the trade block. All of those players could intrigue the Cowboys because some are serious short-term upgrades that can get them a championship, a solid long-term replacement to allow them to improve their rosters in other places. Either acquisition route is something to consider since it seems like they hit a ceiling with Dak Prescott. I agree. I mean, I'm kind of in that mindset of have you gotten as far as you can go with Dak. And that's the only reason I'm saying let's if move on from Kellen Moore. To your point, and I'll keep this, if you keep doing things, I'm kind of reiterating what Gavin Dawson says on G-Bag Nation from 2 to 7. If you want to do it this way, if you want to make sure that you never ruin your cap in the future and always 
worry about three years from now and five years from now, you've hit your ceiling. Yeah. He will never be able to be better than what Matthew Stafford was in Detroit or what Phillip Rivers was in San Diego. You just get to a point where, or someone, and I know Matt Ryan almost won a Super Bowl, should have won one, but you start getting to a point where you look at quarterbacks like this, these good quarterbacks, and unless you decide we're going to trade draft picks, we're going to screw up our cap, and we are going to be screwed over in 2026. If you decide to do that, you give a person like Dak Prescott a chance to win it all. But if you keep doing it this way, which Steven is, Steven is so concerned about the future, he will not sell out for the now. And that being said, yeah, I think you have hit the ceiling of Dak, but that does not upset the Jones family one bit. Yeah, I, when it comes to the, the ceiling part of it, maybe you have with Kellen Moore. Like and and Nussmeyer, maybe you can find a, an offensive guy out there that can connect really quickly with Dak Prescott and knows exactly how to get him out of the funk that he is in at times when he gets into this into that place, keeps him from making that type of a game happen. Uh, and maybe there are other things within the offense that need to be better too. So that's why that's the only reason. If if you're going to ride with Dak as the Cowboys are then you got to make some other some other transitions. Does it say in the article what the Cowboys could get from other teams? No, but I, that was the next part of it, Mike. A Dak, a Dak Prescott replacement could be found in 2023 in the NFL draft. There are some options out there. There are some names that exist, but if you're going to you're going to make a trade at quarterback, you want, I mean, I've heard uh, Sean and RJ talk about this. You getting two ones for Dak Prescott right now? Like That's the I, value of a quarterback. Here's where I say I think so. Because out of all the guys you named, I think the only people, the only, the only quarterbacks that I think people would think are more valuable on the market right now are Aaron Rodgers because he is better than Dak if you give him the right team and he can take you to a championship. And I think Lamar Jackson, because he's younger and there's kind of, I'd say, more potential there. He's won an MVP. He makes the playoffs every year. He makes the playoffs actually more than Dak does. And Dak's not bad at making the playoffs. I believe four out of six times he's made the playoffs when he's been healthy. Obviously, mm -hmm. the broken uh, foot or ankle didn't count, even though they weren't going to make the playoffs. So you could say four out of seven. Uh, but that's good. Lamar's better than that. Lamar pretty much makes it every year that he's healthy. So... I would say through the history of the NFL, when a Carson Palmer is available for Arizona and they still get two first rounds, or I can't remember exactly how it yeah. worked because he went to Oakland and quit Oakland. And like, if you're given first round picks left and right for Carson Palmer, then I think you could maybe get two first round picks. Like I'll throw this out. And I know that people would say, no, do not do this. And I know the Cowboys won't. If Washington offered the 16th overall pick this year, and their first-round pick in 2024. Right now, according to mock drafts, there's a chance that Anthony Richardson is there at 16 to take. Now, I'm not saying that that's your answer, and but if you did really like him, and mm -hmm. Washington's like, no, I want to go with a veteran guy. We know he's going to win 10 games if he's healthy. Would you trade with Washington for the 16th pick and a first-round pick in 2024? Well, I haven't made the decision to go ahead and and uh, and – look at that that way but if I'm making that decision to sign Micah Parsons sign Diggs sign CD Lamb and try to put a good offensive line and good defense around my future quarterback then Mike yeah that's something that yeah. I'm I'm probably going to consider because 
I love I really do. I'm I'm with Broadus. At some point a team is going to say we're just going to build a team instead of a quarterback. Maybe it's cheaper to do that. Maybe it's cheaper just to pay the quarterback and then blame them for everything and never have to pay your team to do anything. Yeah. And you can always just scrape the bottom of the barrel. But maybe if you want to win championships, you build the good team and then you go with that rookie quarterback option. Maybe that's it. Yeah, and then the other thing too is, first, I don't think Jerry will ever do this or Steven. So I, I think that that's where the article, I love it. I love discussing it. I just think that they their goal is we only let go of quarterbacks like Dak Prescott when they're physically not capable of playing anymore because of head, back, knee, ankle injuries that they can't go out on the field. The other thing to Cowboy fans is you can't trade with Houston. You can't trade with Indianapolis. They think, I guarantee you they think, they have a better chance of winning long-term with Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud than they do trading for Dak Prescott. Here's the last the last thing from this, Mike, that this is probably where I, I, I kind of chuckled the most. Dallas Cowboys already have a solid placeholder in Cooper Rush. No. Like, that's... Like even still, I think you'll win eight games, yeah. and then you'll be like right there in the middle yeah. of the pack. And Taylor Heineke, <laughs> like I would compare him with like, and I don't think Taylor Heineke's a starting quarterback in the NFL. But when Heineke starts NFL games, best case scenario, you go nine and eight in a season. You're not going to do any better than that, and that's that's in a way worse than Dak. At least Dak is going to put you in the playoffs if he's healthy. Uh, so, you know, I think that. The Cowboys will never under the Jones family, even when Jerry's gone and Steven and Charlotte and Jerry Jr. are running the team, they've learned from dad, never have a bad year. Obviously, sometimes you can't avoid it with a major quarterback injury, but never, ever pick first, second, or third and get Troy Aikman again, which is silly. They don't understand how it works, but they own the team and that's how they run it. I will go back to anybody could coach that team, but not anybody could build that team. And I'm going to stick with that one for uh, from now on is it's tough to build a football team. Ask Brian Broaddus. Uh, you, you can hope that you got all the right guys. They got to eventually do those things, but you got to be able to put it all in place at the right time. All right. I wanted to ask you, Mike, we talked about the pressure cooker a couple weeks ago. Are these quarterbacks this weekend under pressure? When I look at Purdy, I don't think he has, like, he's playing with house money right now. But the Niners need to win. Like, Shanahan needs to win, even though he got dealt the bad hand of having, you know, uh, multiple quarterbacks fall this season. I think and as I looked at all the rest of them, I was just wondering who's yeah. who has the, the big-time pressure. Maybe it's just Burrow. Well, I do think Purdy does in this case is – He's not looking at it this way. He's looking at this game. But his agent's looking at it this way. And Trey Lance is still there. And from what we're starting to hear, Trey Lance is going to be in San Francisco next year. They are not getting rid of him. Uh, they're not going to trade him. They believe a lot in him. So I do think Brock Purdy, if he makes the Super Bowl, it's another way to keep that job going into 2023. If they, if they lose 23-13, to 13, and they score one touchdown and two field goals. I do think that San Francisco going into uh, next year goes, Trey Lance is our guy. And Trey Lance, as long as he looks good in training camp, has a good chance to be our starting quarterback, and Brock Purdy's our backup. Uh, and so I do think there's pressure on Brock, and if he wins it all, you got to have him be your quarterback next year. Yeah, and I've then And then you say, man, if he starts slipping up or people figure him out, we do have Trey Lance – 
as our backup quarterback right now. But I do think that Brock still has more to play for. Uh, I do think for Jalen Hurts, I think in Philadelphia, you don't want to be the next Donovan McNabb. Okay. They don't seem to really appreciate Donovan McNabb. Think about the Cowboys yeah. franchise now. If Dak Prescott would just be Donovan McNabb and throw up in the Super Bowl but make four NFC championship games, we'd be like, the greatest quarterback we of all time, our minds right? right? Some now, people yeah. that I used to work with think he already is. Can you imagine if he made four NFC championship games and won one of them? Uh-huh. Like what people would think. So Donovan McNabb is probably the best quarterback in Eagles history. Yet they don't really appreciate him. So if Jalen Hurts loses on Sunday and then goes to another NFC Championship game and loses on that Sunday, he starts falling into a category that I think is not going to be fun in Philadelphia, and that is the Donovan McNabb category. Yeah, no, I, I, I can see that. Plus, they already had questions before he was the starter about whether or not he should be that guy, yeah. and now he's had this great season. Hey, you need to cap it off with something, uh, something special to send your team off to that. All right, coming up next here on the KNC Masterpiece, it's time for us to dip into some gridiron gravy. Demory Smith said what? Next in the fan. Hopefully, Tolos, you are excited about the new year. I'm also glad to have partners this year, like I did last year and the year before, in owner Stephen Gilchrist and general manager Mike Brown at Southwest Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram, and Cleburne, who have assisted and worked with so many Tolos to find their next new Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, or Ram. That's why I recommend you take advantage of the Start Something New Sales event going on right now. Mike and his team will get you in that new new vehicle this new year. Located just minutes from the Metroplex, it's worth the short drive to Cleburne to save a lot more if you're looking for a brand new Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, or Ram. You're going to get the Gilcrest promise from owner Stephen Gilcrest when you choose Southwest Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram for your next car, truck, or SUV. You're going to get two years of the work service. This includes all your oil and filter changes, all your tire rotations, all your multi-point inspections, and more. Do me a favor if you're online right now. Go to southwestcdjrtexas.com. You can purchase online. You can check out all the inventory. It's updated daily at southwestcdjrtexas.com. The buying experience is so easy. When you purchase from owner Stephen Gilchrist and general manager Mike Brown, drive a little further, save a lot more at Southwest Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram, and Cleburne. Back here on the KNC Masterpiece on 105.3 The Fan. Did y'all hear the Fan Bowls coming up? Have y'all been hearing those promotions about that? We're going to be at Revolver Brewing at Texas Live. I cannot wait to be doing Fan Bowl again, ladies and gentlemen. And by the way, if you want to know, Kevin is still the reigning champion uh, from the last Fan Bowl that we did before everything hit. So make sure to uh, either praise Kevin for that or compete against him uh, and, and and hope for his downfall. 877-881-1053. Or you can just tweet him at Oh, thank Kevin. Mike suggested asking him who he voted for. Uh, that's not, I wouldn't suggest that, but I, Hey, I'm not going to speak for Mike on this one, but that's a really good, a really good thing. He says he likes talking politics off the air. So he's off the air today. All right. It's time to go around the entire NFL and dip into some gridiron gravy. And we start, we'll start with the Cowboys. I think we need to update this because I think it is significant. At 3 o'clock today, Mike McCarthy will have his season-ending press conference. And that will be on the G-Bag Nation today. And during that press conference, he's going to address not renewing the contracts for Rob Davis, 
George Edwards, Leon Lett, Skip Pete, Joe Philbin, and Kyle Valero. Um, I believe that's a number of offensive guys, some assistant coaches on the defensive side, and Rob Davis, assistant head coach, who is the right-hand man to Mike McCarthy. This is a, this is of significance of for sure because now there are going to be some changes. How many changes? And are we still waiting to hear whether or not Dan Quinn's coming back? And I, I, Mike, I know we were joking about this earlier, but when I saw uh, J. Ron Kirst tweet out earlier, I think it was, um, it was at some point 38 minutes ago, but it's got to be longer than that by now. He tweeted out, thank God. Thank you, God. And I was like, oh, my gosh, what does that mean? And Mike was like, maybe he just got done with uh, Bible study. And yeah. he wanted to, you know, he wanted to praise. Uh, and so we started going through all the things. One of the things that sticks out to me is maybe – he got news. Maybe he saw all these assistants getting let go, and he went and texted DQ immediately and said, "Hey, what's going on here?" And Quinn said, "I'm bad. Don't worry about it. I'm not. I don't want a head coach job yet. And we got jo- we got stuff to finish here. I always love that from Will McClay. Will McClay gets pretty much offered a job every year. Uh, some team out there is like, man, we need better personnel. Will McClay's really good at this. How do we get that guy?" And Will McClay will tell you to your face, he's told me this many times, I have unfinished business, I'm a cowboy. He wants to win a Super Bowl for Jerry. He wants He wants to do that. I remember whenever he was with the Desperados way back in the day, and I was interviewing him as the head coach there. And he had the same mentality about everything that he put into it. And so I could totally see him and Dan Quinn connecting and seeing, hey, I know you got all these opportunities. Let's finish this one first. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe Jaron Kirsch just wanted to give praise. We'll see how that thing goes along. Mike, I think you have a rant coming up here in just a moment. Go for it. Demory Smith, who is the NFL Players Association Executive Director, said that he the fans don't understand the battle between the NFL and its players, and then said this. The league has probably been the largest group of bullies in the labor market in the history of uh, labor in America. We have a great business. It's a multi-billion dollar business. And yes, we've had people declare war on labor before, but I don't know of another business in America that has antitrust exemptions. They answer to no one. There's no board of directors. There's no transparency, no oversight. The only people who can ever stand up to the National Football League are the players. But they've been bullied by the by the owners throughout this entire way. Mike, do you agree that the owners are bullies and that the players are helpless? Nope. But when you want less practice and you want to smoke weed, that's what that's what they go for. Now, can you imagine? We just had a strike lockout, however you want to call it. I know that there's difference. Obviously, a lockout is when the owners say you can't play and a strike is when the players like we're not signing a new deal and uh, it was more of a lockout with Major League Baseball than a strike, but the owners made an offer, and the players said no. And then they made an offer back to the owners, and they said no. And they kept giving up some things, but getting some things too. The NFL players, the last time, because people forget this, because we just love the NFL and we just want to watch it. But then I can't stand when former players or current players complain about DeMar Hamlin and he's not pensioned unless he plays next year or what about his health insurance later in life? That's what you fight for in these things. And you guys don't fight at all. The NFL owners said, take it or leave it. 
Now, do you really think the NFL owners, if you, the player, the embarrassment of players, current and former, if you're listening, you are an embarrassment to every union because you're the worst union of all unions ever created, is do you really think the NFL owners, including Jerry Jones, would said, oh, you didn't take our first offer? Watch how much worse our next offer gets. <laughs> We're never playing football again. The MLB owners ended up giving some stuff. They ended up getting some stuff. The MLB players ended up getting some stuff. They ended up giving up some stuff. But it was much better than the first offer the owners gave to them. And for the owners, it was much better than the first offer the players gave. The, the players didn't even give an offer to the NFL owners because they said, here's our offer. You got 24 hours. Vote on it. If you don't take it, we're going to make it much worse. They were never going to make it much worse. They were going to give in. But the players were like, and I don't know how many players smoke weed in the NFL. Let's just say 30%. Mm -hmm. I don't know. The 30% of the players like, we all got to vote yes for this because I got to smoke weed. And I do not care about the players who played before me. I don't care about after. I don't care about pension. I don't care about health insurance. I care about smoking weed right now. Yeah, I don't want to get busted. And, and then some of the other players are that. like, I don't want to, I don't want to practice. And they're like, let's take practice. Let's take a few more practice hours out. And they're like, that's great. And then other players are like, guys, there's more to it than this. But there weren't enough. There weren't 51% of players that said there's more to it than this. They just said, whatever you give, we'll take. When you do that, you can't do what Demory Smith is doing. You have to say, we negotiated these things, and we didn't fight for these things. And the owners know they're not going to fight for these things. It's the worst. They should get the most. Like, we're talking about and MLB players recently have just signed for billions of dollars, and yeah. they're getting 40-plus million dollars a year at all kinds of different positions. Yeah. And the NFL, I think, makes about $18 billion a year now. Major League Baseball makes, I think, approximately $11 billion. They make $7 billion more, and they pay their players less. Yeah. The, the 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 other notes, and Mike, I think this is the first time I've ever heard Demory Smith sound more like you in this because he did acknowledge their only real leverage is withholding their services. That's their only real leverage is saying, hey, we won't play. He says it just comes down to an issue of will. Uh, and he says it's difficult to get everybody on board for that, like you were saying. Yeah. The higher-up players are like, yeah, I got lots of money. I can sit. The lower-end players are like, I need money now. And he says, stop giving things away for free. When you put your jersey on Instagram, guess what happens? NFL loves it. Your, your fans love it too, but the NFL loves it even more because you're promoting them. So if you're just giving that away for free, start charging them for it. Make sure they pay you for all these other things that you do that you're just doing for free. So now they're even starting to get down to a micro level yeah. on, hey, this is how we can do even more for ourselves in I the Players that, Association. So we're told this. Derek's still a current player, uh, yes. you know, Holland, in Major League Baseball. We're told this. I was a Major League Baseball player for five different seasons, went to other spring trainings where we meet with our player a rep and, and uh, you know, Donald Fear used to be our guy and he would come in and he said, please don't talk negatively about NFL Players Association. We know they're pathetic. We know they're an embarrassment, but we don't want to talk about them because they are other professional athletes. And even though they have a weak union, weak leadership, weak players, don't talk about it. It just doesn't it doesn't look good on us. But I'm not a player anymore. I can tell you this MLB union. We're told don't talk about how pathetic NFL players are at this because they know that they should be getting more. We know as baseball players yeah. they should be getting more. They should have more rights. They're more important in our culture and society than Major League Baseball players are. But 
over a 50-year period, baseball players have stayed together and fought. Guess what? 80% of baseball players make close to league minimum. We're not, like, most and of us. And the league minimum's up, right? Right. It yeah. keeps going up. But, like, most of us are like, hey, we're fringe players. A lot of, like, the BS, and, and I hate calling out, like, Jesse Holly. I love Jesse Holly, friend. But he'd be like, hey, most of us are just trying to hang on. And NFL careers, on average, are three years. Major League Baseball careers, on average, are three years. There is no difference between the average career in NFL or Major League Baseball. Literally no difference. It's just that we fight for the past because they fought for the future, and we fight for the future because the past fought for our future. And they have no correlation. It's all about me. It's never about we in those negotiations. Now, Mike, I don't know if this is going to be a good thing or not because I don't know if Nathaniel Hackett is actually a good coordinator. I, I know he was. He seemed good with Aaron Rodgers when he was with Green Bay. Uh, he did their offense in Denver last year could do nothing. And that could be Russell Wilson. I, more than anything, Denver couldn't move on from Russell Wilson. They were like, we can't, we have to stick with this guy. So we'll find out. But now Nathaniel Hackett is going to the New York jets where Mike, you and I've been talking about their offense, their quarterback situation is The only thing holding them back. They are a good football team. They have a really good defense. They have a head coach that understands defense as well. I'm not sure. I'm not willing to say that Nathaniel Hackett's going to be the difference, but they hired him pretty quickly. They wanted that person to be their offensive coordinator. And I don't know if that's going to be mentoring Zach Wilson and growing him. It seems like that should be a good option. But even Salah said, hey, you need to go take a break for a little bit from football and get your head straight. So that's another piece of information that floated out around there too. And then the Bengals Chiefs point spread has shifted again. I know you're keeping an eye on this for uh, trying to steal money from Kevin, but the Chiefs opened as favorites in the AFC championship game. The line shifted and the Bengals became favorites, and now neither team is favored. So it's shifted three times already uh, this week as we've been kind of monitoring the Patrick Mahomes ankle situation as they go along. So as that, uh, Mike, I will have more updates throughout the week and as we get into Friday so that you know exactly what's going on while Kevin's out with whatever he's doing with his uh, with his throat this weekend. Okay. Coming up next, though, how much more can you squeeze out of your secret favorite player, Demarcus Lawrence? Next on The Fan.